Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course we couldn't do it without the hall of famer, your friend and mine, the greatest wrestler of all time, double J Jeff Jarrett, Jeff, how are you, man? Well, howdy, Conrad Thompson, a little echo over in your, uh, that's a kind of a, some beach echo. So you're joining us live and in living color from the Gulf of Mexico. I'm here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. It's cold. It's rainy. It's winter time. It's Thanksgiving it, tail end of the weekend. We're recording on a different day. Folks as we're recording this, as Conrad would say, it's Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's a new day. Lots of incredible football, lots of leftovers, um, eaten over the last couple of days, had a great grilling day on Thursday, ready to get down and talk a little wrestling, talk a little, my world. And, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I know we're not doing ask Jeff anything today, but, uh, uh, I was at the gym, went, got up, went to the church today and I uh, kind of had my buddy in the gym said, Hey man, when are you going to do a ask Jeff anything? Mm. And I said, now, why do you ask that? And he said, well, I've got a couple of questions. I said, well, you oh. know, we got about looked at trip. I said, I got about seven and a half minutes left on this treadmill. As I warm up fire away, he laughed and he goes, no, he said, I'm going to put it on Twitter where it comes. He said, you'll know it. He said, I got a good, I said, bring it to me. He said, no, I got a real question about it's uh, actually some USWA stuff. So it may, but yeah. So how you doing Conrad man, better than I deserve excited to, uh, to hear about your Thanksgiving because it's been a tradition here on my world that we talk a little smack and Mm. talk about Turkey, literally not figuratively, but literal turkeys. I make a Turkey. You make a Turkey. Eric makes a Turkey. And I have it on good authority mm. that you and he have seen my turkeys the last couple of years. Oh, here we go. And you guys have decided to fold up tent. Oh, boy. literally Eric Bischoff decided to drive all the way to Minnesota 
go up there and eat some sausage. He's the, he's got the glizzy King up there. And they didn't, he didn't even prepare a Turkey this year. Matter of fact, he left his house. He went to somebody else's house to just forget about that nonsense. And then last week here on the show, as we're getting ready to get off the program, you tell me you're going to do red meat. You too are scared to go one-on-one with the great one. Oh, Turkey. Oh boy. Oh, oh, who do I do? What I, do I look like Joe Park? Do I look like Chris Park? Do, no. do I look like Abyss? Are you think no. you're just going to fire away at me? <laughs> Zero comeback. Are you think I'm just going to sit here and take it? I'm not well, your side producing boogs, pal. This is me. Let's straight. see your turkey. Let's see your turkey. Hey, I will uh, let you know. I do have a funny story about. Okay, so. Um, little bit different Thanksgiving this year. Um, you know, just change of plans. My father passed away. So just kind of a different setting, Conrad, this year. And, um, you know, as I kind of did the polling uh, around the uh, family uh, get-together who was going to attend this one, um, didn't really have a lot of turkey lovers, Connie. little disappointing to me, but I said, that's all right. I'll go in a different direction. I'm flexible. You got to be able to reinvent yourself. You got to change on the turn of the day. Whatever you got to do, you got to adapt. So Conrad went to the nice butcher. I got me, and man, have prices gone up. Don't even ask me what I broke down and cried. I was in tears by the time my credit card got swiped. But Conrad, beef tenderloin. And for those folks that say, hmm, now I've heard of a pork tenderloin, but what is a beef Tenderloin. Well, a beef tenderloin, folks, is the piece of beef that comes from the cow that if you chop it up in slices, that would be called at your Jeff Ruby Steakhouse, at your Morton's, at your uh, the Palm, any famous steakhouse, that would be known as a filet mignon. The fillet mignon. Fillet mignon. Yes, you sound like a few other folks. So I, I cook, cooked me a beef tenderloin and Conrad, Connie, Wednesday night, um, I rolled that bad boy in three different kinds of rub. And I was like, man, this is going to be delicious. So it was in a little bit of olive oil on it. Um, Conrad, I know your mouth's watering right now. Put the rub on it, sat overnight. Next day, got uh, you know, got up, got going, did my morning routine, and you know we had to, we were going to eat like at two or something like that. So I'm going to put it on about nine. Got going, Conrad. At about I don't know an hour, hour and a half through this, the Queen Karen came rolling through and said, "Hey, did you uh, want any brown sugar on that?" And I'm like, I, you know, I read a couple of different things. She said, oh, "I think it'll be good." So she got brown sugar and butter and melted the butter and kind of made this base. So the last 30 to 45 minutes, we, I put a uh, basted brown sugar with butter on it. And Conrad, I got to say, pal, it would slam dunk your, uh, malnourished, uh, duck that you fixed or whatever gizzard or goose or what, what did you have? Did you have crow? It's called, it's called Turkey. Oh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. By the way, I just want to point out that here you are talking about passing out the rub and giving this guy the rub and giving that guy the rub. And that's your deal. <laughs> you just want to get on here and claim that you gave everybody the rub. And I have a good authority. You're out here trying to steal people's heat, trying to go low and slow. So listen, Jeff, 
decided to be un-American, Mr. Oh. Patriot himself, and did not prepare a turkey. This is what a turkey, Jeff, had you actually smoked a turkey and done what you were supposed to do. That is what a turkey is supposed to look like. Wow. Did, is that, is that's that you enlarged that picture because it kind of looks like, is that a hen? What, that's like a, like a baby hen, right? 26 pounds of American Thanksgiving right there. That's what that is. I am calling Miss Deborah right now, and Miss Deborah will not lie to me. She she will say, Jeff, now, um, I hate to tell you this, but that's 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 a Cornish hen. Oh, now, now that will not happen. They were they were (laughs) when I pulled my meat out, my whole family was in awe of how large the meat was. Get out how tender and how well seasoned. And everybody knows I inject my meat. I rub it down. Oh, my God. I'm known for rubbing my meat. I'm known for injecting my meat. I'm known for smoking my meat. I got the best injected rub smoke meat Alabama ever had. Speaking of Alabama. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to tell you a, a turkey story real quick, okay? Just real quick. So that was the plan on Wednesday, beef tenderloin. There wasn't a lot of turkey eaters. Well, bless Karen's heart. She is always likes to please uh, me. And, and so she knew that... Um, I like, man, no turkey on Thanksgiving. She said, no, I'll, I'll get a little turkey. So she was already planning to get a uh, honey. You like honey baked hams? No, I'm a grown man. Okay. Well, okay. So Cody likes honey baked hams. And there she, you go. Of course he does. Spiral it. cut. What, what, what is up with the spiral cut? Uh, hell, I don't know. But, but, anyway. they, all, but, but they, they, they always say it's spiral cut. I don't even know what the fuck that means, Jeff. And I'm not impressed by it. But it's like if you go to a hotel, you're in, you get, you see the room service menu. I know you don't dare order it off of it unless it's on Tony's card, but I know you see it and it says steel cut oatmeal. I'm like, I don't give a shit how they cut the oats. And then we go to the ham store. And by the way, people, if you go to Honey Baked Ham more than Thanksgiving or Christmas, what the hell's wrong with you? Get your life together. But they always say spiral cut. Why the shit do I care how it was cut? I don't understand. Conrad, it's sales and marketing, pal. It's it's no different. So anyway, so so, so on Wednesday, um, I, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of going in. Uh, Jaron came home on Tuesday night. Kira, Kira just turned twenty one yesterday. So kids moving a bunch of different. We, there was a lot going on, and uh, man, that's the first Wednesday I had off. Uh, so anyway, we were trying to get a lot done, but Cody wanted to go to Academy sports. Anyway, there was like two stops. He had saved some money, had a gift certificate anyway. So Karen goes, come on codes, get in the car with me. I'm going to uh, go buy our accountants. Uh, I'm going to go buy the honey baked ham. I'm going to get dad a Turkey, a little bit of a Turkey slices, a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna get your honey baked ham Academy. She had like five errands to do. So she left the house. I did my thing. I, Gave this guy a rub and that guy rubbed. As yeah. you said. Yeah. Got, so it is 8.35 Wednesday night. Almost your bedtime. Yes, almost my bedtime. And out of the um, uh, kind of the guest bedroom, Karen was in there getting some things ready. Oh, she was getting Kira's presents ready. Man, she let out, I'll just say this, a few choice words. Connie? <laughs> Old Code's got her distracted. She forgot to pick up the ham and the turkey. Oh. Oh, yeah. Co- Code's, Code's probably had her going in a couple of different directions. And so, man, so there was no turkey on Thanksgiving. Oh, no, 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 no. She bolted out of the house and lifesaver. She she got it done. 
but that was like she was minutes to spare. Close wow. Yes. Yeah, it was fun. So go ahead. I interrupted you. I don't know what you were talking about no. with your corner shin. And let no. me ask you, did Larry even get a bite? Did your dad like get one bite or two bite? Or did so, you make him eat like uh, spam? Here's what you need to know about my dad. Uh, my dad, every year uh, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, he says the prayer before we eat and he always carves whatever the meat is. Okay. So that's uh, twice a year. He breaks out the electric knife. We all gather around, hold hands, say our prayers and the whole deal. And then dad gets to work, but like, that's his thing. So breaks we just bad boy up. In. There you go. There you go. And I'm, I'm wondering, cause as I'm sitting here saying, why does it matter how they're cut? I think back to that hangman, Adam page and Swerve Strickland spot. And I think those sons of guns were doing spiral cuts out there too. Now that I think of them. spiral cut. <laughs> That was a chic 72 Cobo hall. Um, sweet daddy. See My goodness. By the way, uh, if you'd like to see, uh, the last outlaw live and in person tickets are on sale. Now you can see him tomorrow night in the frigid Minneapolis target center. Tickets are on sale now. And of course this coming weekend, we've got the sec championship, but after that collision in Erie, Pennsylvania, and what do you know, on Tuesday, December 5th, and Wednesday, December 6th, Montreal, man, you guys have been rocking Canada, and you're going back. Of course, on the 13th, we'll be back in Texas, Arlington, Texas, to be specific. And then ROH final battle right around the corner, Garland, Texas, Friday, December 15th, and then a big collision on the 16th at the same venue, Garland, Texas, Man, you guys are all over, dude. Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Canada, Texas. Here you come. Lots of good stuff coming up in Canada in 2024. But uh, I am. I'm looking forward to getting back to Montreal. Um, man, uh, from time to time, if you really dig into the history of Montreal, Jacques Rougeau, uh, I used to have conversations with him. But, I mean, it goes deep. And, and uh, in, anyway, yeah, very historic town. So, uh, um Yes, Minneapolis. I did quite a bit of media for that. Did uh, did did some promos for that. And Conrad, as we speak, the pre-sale is going on for Wembley Stadium 2024. Hard to believe, man. It, it really is that. Uh, yes, it was just a few short months ago that that event took place, and now uh, general public starts this Friday. Local time there in London, I think at 9 a.m. But pre-sales going on, Conrad. Yes, uh, as you said it, keep rolling along. Um, you know, Conrad, w w so over a year ago, starting at um, AEW you know, with Dynamite, the weekly cadence. I mean, adding collision and adding a pay-per-view here and there, and we got one in Long Island uh, at the end of uh, December. Uh, it, it's like um, pace doesn't slow down. Business is hot, getting hotter. Um, interesting time to say the least, pal. I do want to ask you about some interesting things we've seen lately, but before we do, I want to remind everybody that it's time to stop sending money to big insurance companies that profit off of not paying your bills. Did you know that 48 million claims on Obamacare last year were denied? That's like one fifth of the claims that are going to get rejected. Do you want to take that chance? Health insurance sucks. It's confusing, it's expensive, and it's frustrating. And there is a better way. Welcome to The Alternative. 
Crowd Health was created to get rid of the headaches of health insurance. For just $175 for an individual or $575 for a family of four or more, you'll get access to a community of people who are willing to help out in the event of an emergency. You'll also get telemedicine visits, discounted prescriptions, and more, all without doctors' networks getting in the way. Let Crowd Health help with your healthcare needs. You can get started today for just $99 per month for the first three months when you use the code WRESTLE to get the healthcare you deserve. Crowd Health is not insurance. Learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com and use the code WRESTLE to get started today for just $99 per month for the first three months. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So, Jeff, as we're recording this, last night was one of the tentpole events for WWE. It was Survivor Series in Chicago. They ran the famous All-State Arena, the home of WrestleMania 13, and so many great matches like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart at that show. And Austin has talked a lot about that building and how much he loved it because of the wood ceiling and the acoustics made it so loud. And boy, they put on quite a show. They started with the ladies war games. And as I understand it, it set a viewership record and a gate record for them and a sponsorship record or survivor series record, just record after record. It's an, it's a great time in the wrestling business, but then in the main event, they had the men's war game. And I think it's kind of fun that the show was bookended with Charlotte Flair's first war games and Cody Rhodes first war games. Of course, their dads were both big parts of the war games way back when. But we also saw the return of one Randy Orton. Orton's been out for quite a while. He hasn't been nearly as lucky as you are. He did have to have a surgery. A double fusion is what Michael Cole explained. Man, a guy coming back from neck fusion is no joke. And Randy Orton came back looking bigger and better than ever. As one of the boys, you had to be impressed with what Randy was able to do, huh? Randy, you know, being uh, uh, a... is he second or third generation? He's he's second generation, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think he's second. Popped in my brain is a third. But anyway, he looked he looked awesome, man. Phenomenal. Yeah. And, yeah. and and um, you know, Conrad, that the war games concept. Um, I don't know if you saw floating around online today. I don't know. Somebody tweeted or retweeted the first cage match ever was in Atlanta. Did you see that? Uh, I don't know if you. Anyway, there's a picture. It was a circular cage made of two befores and chicken wire. And that was the first cage match. I don't know, thirties, forties, fifties, or something like that way, way back. And you just kind of think through, um, the evolutions of different type deals. Um, you know, TNA, we had the lethal lockdown and that's where weapons were involved. And there's been different iterations. Uh, the double ring always makes this different. WCW did it for years and years, but, um, it's one of those, for me, um, creative subjective, wrestling business subjective, but it is a story in and of itself. I'll just say that. And um, Conrad, as as we were texting, uh, man, we are, we started our text early yesterday, but from the multiple football games and then 
Collision and, uh, well, Rampage First, then Collision, Survivor Series, more football, more football, um, that the both the men and the women's match, to me, um, it's it to me it's my kind of match because like I said it's a story within a story and when you have eight or ten uh, folks in there you can kind of have your uh, almost like an A storyline and like a, a B and a C. Um, hats off again to to Charlotte Flair, um, her athleticism, her facials, her psychology, her presence. Uh, all, everything that goes with it. And I'll tell the nature boy again and again and again, uh, she's the best flair. So, but anyway, no good stories. Conrad, do you like the story aspect of, uh, the, the war games? Uh, cause it's not for everybody, but I just think it's a natural built in storyline story story for it. The, the match is a story. It's not just one fall. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's almost uh, a little tongue in cheek that the heels always win, but yes, I, I, I do like the, uh, the construct of the match. I think it, anything that adds a little anticipation, actually Eric Bischoff and I just talked about this not too long ago when we talked about world war three, you know, that was their version of trying to one up the Royal rumble. We'll do it two months ahead of the rumble. The winner gets a title shot, but it won't be a battle Royal with 30 guys. It'll be three rings with 60 guys. So three times the ring and twice the guys and the winner gets a title shot and two months ahead of time. So I, I understand the thinking and the logic behind that, but the missing component was the anticipation of who's next mm-hmm. and the countdown and all that. And so when you get to bring that in to a cage element and make it with teams, I like it. Now, do I like it better than the Royal rumble? No, I do not. Mm-mm. But as far as a multi-man cage match, I think that's, I mean, it, it is one of the more classic matches. Yes, I, I'm a big fan of it. I don't like it better than the Rumble, but no, I, I, I really like the anticipation piece of it. Yeah, me too. I was going to say the the just the again, and also you got to have the right players, uh, the personalities. You got to have some give and take. You also got to have, um, well, since I'm a pretty much a lifetime heel, uh, this is really inside baseball, Conrad, but. Um, when the baby faces get rocking and rolling, a, a real vital key to it, in my opinion, is they have to be aware that if you're going to shine as a baby face, don't try to shine when somebody else is shining or you really dissipate both sides. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But but that it's to me, it's you you really got to have some self awareness and timing and uh, you know the zigzagging. And I say that, you know, don't, don't zig when somebody's trying to zag. So, uh, but anyway, well done. Um, you know, we're, we're right as a company, right in the middle of the continental classic, there's all kinds of formats. That was something at TNA, uh, as we have discussed. And I think we're going to be discussing coming up here in the not too so distant, uh, future, all the different unique matches and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, pal, as we have said, Hot and rivalry week in football didn't disappoint either. Well, I mean, listen, we got to address the elephant in the room. I think a lot of folks, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I know that uh, it's a slippery slope for everyone involved, but uh, I think uh, the phrase rings true. And you have said this quite a bit here on the program before, especially in the wrestling business, but more importantly in life, is it fair to say never say never rang true once again? You know, Conrad, I won't get into all the 
here's here's it. I the wrestling business. I woke up thinking about it Sunday. So I'll go through my gratitude list, man. But the wrestling business is the gift that keeps on giving. Like you said, never say never. Um, this may not be people's cup of tea or it may not, but change without question is inevitable. And the bigger the change, the better. And you know, the old cliches and the old sayings, I used to hear Lawler say this on Memphis, Tennessee, many, 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 oh my God, many times. I think it was one of his go-to things that, you know, Lance, old sayings don't get to be old sayings unless they ring true. And, um, it, it just goes without saying that, uh, never say never is very, very appropriate. And the other old saying that came to my mind is it's not so much, and this can go this, I'm not directing this at anybody. I'm not, this is just a, a saying that in my mind, I always kind of try to make this default. It's what happens in life to you is really only 10%. It's how you respond is the other 90%. So, um, I'm excited. I am super excited for Wednesday. I'm super excited for upcoming shows. Wembley, everything is because uh, it goes without saying there's a ripple effect that happens. And it's like that 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 pond, when you throw a, a, a big crater out in the middle of it, waves are going to be, waves happen. And how are you going to ride that wave? And are you, you know, up, down, fight it, not fight it, swim against it, swim with it, catch the ride, all that kind of stuff. That's, you know, that's it's kind of nonsense chatter, but it's exciting. I, I, I'm, I'm very, very excited about where the industry is. And we've said that a lot over the last 12 or 18 months. I mean, from looking at buy rates to ratings to stock prices to acquisitions to all those kind of things. But, um, and I'm not just talking about WWE, AEW. I mean, you, you know, I mean, impacts going back to the TNA name and, yeah. and one of the top guys over in new Japan just signed with AEW. I mean, there's lots of, yeah. Well, and, and Mexico as well. Yes. Uh, CMLL yeah. is on fire. Mm -hmm. They are red hot anyway. So business is good, but business is very good. Business is also great in the NFL. They set uh, a little bit of a record this past Monday night. Uh, so last Monday, it was the Eagles and the Chiefs, a rematch from the Super Bowl, Kelsey versus Kelsey. It does 28.9 million viewers, uh, which made it the, the most watched Monday night football game in forever. Uh, and it was a phenomenal turnout. But, but records are made to be broken. Three days later, the Cowboys blew out the commanders and in the process had like the highest rated game. in as long as I can remember 41 million people watched the show. So, and they tried some really cool stuff too, Jeff, you know, the very next day we had our first black Friday game, uh, with the dolphins and the jets. And that's the first time they've tried something like that. I think Amazon paid like a hundred million dollars just for, the game. for an afternoon. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it was a big, it's a big payday. It's a big opportunity. They were even delivering specific ads to specific consumers. So not everybody got the same commercials. I'm saying all that to say the future is here. 
And I know that there's a lot of debate about whether or not you need television in wrestling and if, if television is required in wrestling and, you know, what does the future look like for wrestling? I think we may have gotten a glimpse of that with this Black Friday opportunity and a hundred million dollar investment from Amazon for a single game. I was told like a Monday night football ad is $440,000. Well, during that Black Friday game, it was 880,000, but you got a very specific audience. So to be able to get so granular the way you can on a digital stream versus say on just broadcast television, the opportunity from an advertiser standpoint is phenomenal. And I think that's probably the first time we've really seen it. Like we've heard it talked about that it was coming and that it's possible. And, and there's always been niche programming, but an NFL game, my goodness, man, this is, this could be the future. And it also proves when people are saying about wrestling ratings, oh, well, not as many people are watching TV as they used to. Well, 41 million people watched it on Thursday. One game, and it was a blowout. It wasn't even a close game. It was 45-10, Jeff. So, Conrad, you know how me and you end up, you new listeners, and sometimes I don't even know if we kind of let this. Sometimes me and Conrad will will text articles yes. or an image but no editorial, no comment, no nothing. Like, yeah. hey, no context, nothing. Just hey, maybe we'll talk about this, maybe we won't. But you know the thought that came to my mind when I texted you that Monday night game, the Kelsey, and that was twenty eight million, right? Right, right, right. At the peak of the attitude era, and I know you and yeah. Eric probably talked at that nauseum. So hypothetically, there were ten million people, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the number watching wrestling, right? Yeah. Yes. And that was affecting Monday night football, correct? I mean, yes. that was kind of the, and how many people watching Monday night football? Less than 10 million, right? Right. Triple that last Monday night. Triple <laughs> that. So, so you talk about growing an audience. I mean, wow. And then when I followed it up, Conrad, on, on the, the cricket kind of stuff, that, those numbers, uh, so cricket just uh, in India, they just had a massive, massive cricket match. 132,000 people watched it live. Yes, 132 million. No, no. So, so in the stadium. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but, but, but the millions watching concurrent streams that it's, it's through the roof. I mean, I, I say this with all due respect, it makes our USA NFL numbers kind of look tiny puny yeah when you loop in cricket in in india but anyway um man county it's just it's great it's football and i've said this man i had this thought conrad because i was in and out of the house but i would sit and watch football then go try to tackle a little thing real quick come back to it but the thought that kept going through my mind is, is what i've said on here and I'm obviously the last outlaw, although still blowing and going. But if I was in my 20s in social media, the talent that breaks out in the digital space, man, oh man, I'm waiting on for that talent to come. That that knows how. I mean, there. And I'm not saying the talent right now aren't, but I I, I just when you see the Amazon Black Friday deal and you kind of see YouTube and that the YouTubers of the world and the TikTokers of the world. And I'm talking about the influencers that are monetizing social media now in a massive way. 
there's going to be a wrestling talent that breaks out. I, I'm just waiting on it. It's going to happen, Conrad. But, you know, if they know, if if a guy, I've got thoughts and ideas on how to do it, but um, the digital world is here, pal, in so many ways. Step Maybe. one, I got to think, is, um, is, here. is Logan Paul. Like Logan Paul, it's clear to me, he doesn't just want to be an influencer. He wants to be a WWE superstar. Yeah. Like if you take a look at his social media, even over the holiday, he's wearing it out with that U.S. title. Like I think that is step one. And I think on the back of his success, we will see other people sort of follow suit. But I'm with you. There is a big opportunity. And I think sometimes the internet wrestling community, we get so focused on American ratings and domestic ratings okay. that we sort of forget there's the whole rest of the world and we've got our blinders on and you might be doing that with your meal prep that's why i think you need factor i mean Ooh. here we are the holiday season in full swing you're probably looking for wholesome convenient meals for jam-packed days and factor can help they're america's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and they help you fuel up fast for breakfast lunch and dinner with chef prepared dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door you'll save time you'll eat well and you'll stay on track for those goals. You're going to save so much time. Seriously, you get to skip the extra trip to the grocery store, all the chopping and prepping. Hey, even the cleaning up too. And you still get the flavor and the nutritional quality you need. You can always count on factors, fresh, never frozen meals. They're ready in just two minutes. All you got to do is heat and enjoy. And you get to choose from over 35 different weekly flavor packed, fresh, never frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and all your meal preferences. They've got something for everybody too, like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops. Seriously, you slide the carton off, you pop a couple holes in the plastic, slide it in the microwave, and in two minutes you're eating. It's that simple. They've got something for everybody. How about Gourmet Plus? You get some upscale stuff like truffle butter and leeks and broccolini or asparagus. Maybe lunch to go is for you. If you don't have a microwave at work, well, they got grain bowls and salad toppers. No microwave required. Maybe you're trying to drop some LBs. Maybe you overdid it this past Thursday. How about the Calorie Smart Plan? These are meals that have 550 calories or less. If you're like Jeff, you're looking to add a little protein. How about 30 grams of protein or more per serving when you try Protein Plus? You can actually do your whole day this way. They got your snacks. They got cold-pressed juices, shakes, smoothies. Dude, they've even got breakfast. How about some bacon and cheddar egg bites? Something for everybody. Get busy, man. Head over right now. Factormeals.com slash MyWorld50. Use the code MyWorld50. You'll get 50% off at Factormeals.com. That's 50% off at Factormeals.com slash MyWorld50. You want to go to Factormeals.com slash MyWorld50. You'll get 50% off. Just remember to use our code MyWorld50. That's Factormeals.com slash MyWorld50. And use our code MYWORLD50. Jeff, 50, we had some. 50% off. But now uh, I have my factor meal. Karen's got a bunch of errands to do. So I, I'm eating lunch and dinner with my factor meals on Mondays, which is kind of uh, my usual. And, and then Tuesday. But Conrad, why are leftovers almost better? For Thanksgiving and Christmas, I don't know why it works that way, but. My, uh, you know, we, we, we loaded up Thanksgiving night. We, we did it a little different this year. We ate at four 30 instead of one o'clock, like we have my entire life. But when we finished, we loaded up and, and, and brought the fam down to the beach 
not everybody in the extended family could make the trip. Did y'all leave? So, what's that? Yeah, we left Thursday. Oh, then, wow. You pulled in late, huh? Well, I made it, I made it in five hours flat. So there was no traffic on Thursday night. Yeah, so yeah. there's a little pro tip for you travelers Thursday night, nobody on the road. Um, so yeah, we, we, we brought the leftovers. My mom said, we got to bring the leftovers, but the next day people are at the beach. So, you know, I took them to eat seafood and they loved it and had a good time. And the next day they wanted to do the same thing. And then last night I said, I ain't doing that. I'm eating these leftovers. It was fantastic. I ate it again today and yeah, well, we're headed back. So uh, that's the end of the leftovers, but yeah, man, it's something about Thanksgiving leftovers, but here I am eating Turkey. Like the pilgrims in, intended, and you're up there trying to be highfalutin with your Philip Migmon. The Cornish hen lasted you what one and a half meals, maybe. maybe. Hey, will you will you will you allow a compliment? Can I give those on the program? Go right ahead, pal. Go ahead. So I want to go ahead and love on you a little bit because Lord, you need all the help you can get with them Titans. But thankfully, somebody sucks worse than y'all, and it's the Panthers. And y'all picked up a win over the weekend. Yes, sir. Now, I know Cody was happy because the Steelers beat the Bengals, but at this point, who ain't beat the Bengals? Uh, and it was really, really good news for our friend Tony Khan. Man, what a nail-biter against the Texans, but they pulled it off. It's like the Jags have a golden horseshoe up their butt this year, dude. They're rocking. They're, yeah. they're Doug and the crew, you can tell a well-coached, to me, you can tell a well-coached team. They, they, they don't beat themselves. Titans have beat themselves, and I'm not saying variables. But anyway, we're getting into NFL talk. But um, you know what? I, I saw him today with my own two eyes. And this him, pronouns, pal, it's a reality. It, it, it has come to fruition. Joe Burrow on the sidelines. And what did he have in his hand, Conrad? Clipboard. Oh, Clipboard Joey on Twitter. Give him a follow right now. It's at Clipboard Joey. I have it on. Oh, there it is. I appreciate the shout out from at Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on at my world pod. But when my wrist heals up, I'm whooping at real Jeff Jarrett's ass. Oh my gosh. I can't wait until AEW rolls into Cincinnati. Now let me ask you this. Bust him up with a guitar. Do you think our pal abyss is running that account? No, there's no chance. I don't think, I don't think he's allowed to tweet. <laughs> well, maybe not under Chris Park or Joe Park or Parkin Park or or Abyss or Monster Abyss or any of that. Oh, come on now. He's the groundhog of wrestling. He pokes his head up every now and again, sees his shadow and runs for shelter again. Oh, my man, my man. Hey, here's who didn't run for shelter. The Alabama by God Crimson Tide doing the Lord's work. Oh boy. Hey, new folks getting that six star match. I never had a doubt. Oh, never so a concern. Full of we had what we were doing. Jeff was luring them into what I would call a false sense of security. It's called a false finish. That's a false finish. And boy, you could just hear a pin drop in that stadium. Alabama came in like Darth Vader. The evil empire was here and they took over. And I don't care what Indian burial ground exists there in Auburn. Old Jordan Hare Stadium. A lot of crying, a lot of sad faces. It was like watching a Jeff Jarrett match in 95. A lot of boo-boo face folks around that place. Be nice. Seriously, grown men and women. Crying. I mean, yes. Crying. Now, Conrad, did you have any sympathy for, for humanity? No. <laughs> None, right? 
None. Now, here's the thing. I don't, as you know, I don't care. I want the SEC to do well. I really want Alabama to beat Georgia this weekend. I don't know that they can. I hope they can. But if Georgia goes on, I hope they just mop the floor with everybody. SEC forever. So, so folks, so see this real quick. It's at the end of the game. What what are we? What's Alabama getting beat? What's the score right right there before Alabama is down four points? Yeah, yeah. Alabama is down fourth, third down. The QB who got benched earlier in the year, he's back rolling. Yes, he rolls right. He rolls left. He rolls right. He rolls left. Runs up, throws the ball, but he had already passed the line of scrimmage. Yes. On third down, it was a major like. Yeah, it started as first and goal. And on second down, the snap goes so far back. Lost 17 yards on the play. And now there's another penalty because he threw it past the line. So now it's fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. The, the, the announcer, uh, Nestler, it's fourth and forever. Was yes. <laughs> they, they ran the math on it. And they said, statistically, Auburn had a 99.9% chance. No way. There was one in a thousand chance that Alabama pulls it off and Auburn pulls a prevent. They do not pressure Jalen Milrow. He has all day, chucks it up in the back corner. I guess they practice it. Down it comes, touchdown, and the crowd goes, <laughs> God, total <laughs> silence. Look not here in my household. My dad let out a streak. I mean, it was like it was like Karen saw the skunk. That's what my dad was doing. Oh, let's not talk about skunks and raccoons. I don't want to give you the update on that. But Conrad, I'm, we always kind of tie this back into wrestling. It was a false finish, man. It was great. Two and two and three quarters. But he threw the ball literally in the only, like in, in a two by two square. Yes. Anywhere else. It, w- it, it wouldn't have worked. Nothing happening. When they scored, the silence in the stadium. In Unbelievable. The, in the old school, you know what they call that? Let me ask you. You may. I'm wondering if you've ever heard this term. When it gets quiet, it gets dangerous. It's That's called either white heat or quiet heat. Yes. When they Back in the old days, when you did a, a um, excuse my language, a fuck finish. Not a screw finish, but if you really did the right screw finish and the heel went over and it's it's almost justifiable, but he 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 does just a little something that was dirty, dirty snitches. But anyway, I, I've heard really good descriptions of, of all this and this happened and this happened and they did this one night and all this, but when it when 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 the one, two, three happens. There's not a cheer. There's not a boo. It's really quiet. And an old school heel will tell you, get to the dressing room immediately because a riot's coming. That, that I used to be fascinated to kind of hear different stories. You you would hear, and a lot of times, and of course, wrestlers, they would be hand-me-down stories that may be embellished. But anyway, the different deal is that's when stabbings would happen. That's when just the you know lock the dressing room door let it cool off maybe not leave right away or anyway all that kind of stuff so the quiet heat you bama boys it was unbelievable man what a day <laughs> it was rivalry week man uh, uh, uh ohio state michigan and we saw our our chatter online and some of you big 10 folks and getting a little unraveled on uh 
I think you still, I still call it Twitter, but on, on X that get all. No, no, we're going to call it Twitter forever. Hey, we got to get to our topic. We've been yeah. talking forever and we haven't oh. even talked wrestling or what our topic yeah, is. Yeah, before we, touched, we go, we've touched on it a little bit. I want you to pick some games. Oh my gosh. No lines. Just pick winners, Oregon or Washington. Oregon. Wow. Okay. Uh, fl uh, Florida state and Louisville. Oh gosh. Louisville. They, they deflated from yesterday. Wildcats, Kentucky ended up beating them. What a disaster. All the way, Florida State. Even with a backup. Yeah. Uh, Iowa, Michigan. Michigan. If you see the, 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 the latest line on this, and this is the Big Ten Championship, it is such a lopsided game going in. They're picking Iowa State to only kick two field goals, not even a touchdown. Not so, Iowa State, Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas. Got to go hooking horns, Texas. Last one. Number one, Georgia in the Georgia Dome, the Mercedes-Benz Dome against Alabama, number eight. Who you got? I'm going to share my uh, thing I heard today at uh, church about my definition of uh, culture. Okay. Because I think it's appropriately uh, for Mr. Saban. Because I, 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 I just think, and I no, no nothing against the dogs. Culture is created by the positive actions that are celebrated, and the negative actions that are tolerated. And Saban, I don't think anybody would argue even the most diehard fan or the critical folks or whoever it may be. It is not by far his most talented team. And yesterday it's crazy to even say, well, you know, cause Auburn laid an egg the week before I just, I got a feeling that Saban has been preparing for this game. Well, maybe since the first game of the season, I just find it hard to pick against Saban this year. I, I don't think Georgia has the 27-year-old quarterback this year. Um, they've got good player. They're dominant. They're interior, uh, interior on both sides of the ball. I just find it hard. I'm going roll tide. I really am, Conrad. Well, I didn't expect that. Well, listen, that's what I'm hoping for as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the playoffs shake out. Obviously, a lot's riding on Oregon and Washington and Alabama and Georgia. And I don't know, man. I think Louisville might be able to get it done against Florida State. I'd like to speak that into existence. And okay. I'm really curious what happens with Oklahoma State and Texas. So it's going to be a fun week, and uh, we, we're glad that you're getting your week started off with us here. But I do think it might take – a little bit of a miracle for Alabama to wind up in the national championship game. But thankfully we don't need a miracle when it comes to giving the best present you can give this holiday season. Of course, I'm talking about miracle made sheets. This is something that everybody wants. If you've got somebody in your life who's hard to buy for, let me go ahead and recommend you give them the best gift you can give the gift of better, cleaner sleep. Let me explain. These sheets were inspired by NASA. They're silver infused and that silver acts as thermoregulating. It's going to keep them at the right temperature all night long. 
So if they sleep hot or cold, man, this is perfect for them. They're going to get more restful, restorative sleep. Not only that, it's also cleaner. Did you know that your toilet seat might actually be cleaner than your sheets? You see, you spend so much of your time in that bed on those sheets and there's skin on there and there's sweat on there. And that's the reason you start to get stuffy noses when you wake up and maybe you have some acne on your skin. It's your sheets. Well, the silver infused in these miracle made sheets kills 99.9% or prevents rather 99.7% of bacterial growth. That's going to leave these sheets cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. So not only will you sleep cooler or warmer, whatever you prefer, you get that even temperature. So you're not hot or cold and it's cleaner. And oh, by the way, they're as luxurious as like five-star hotel sheets. It's the perfect gift for your spouse, your friends, your family. Who doesn't want luxurious bedding? Who doesn't want a better night's sleep? And these come with three free towels. So you get like two gifts in one just in time for the holidays. More importantly, man, just stop sleeping on bacteria. It's going to clog your pores. And I just love Miracle. I think you will too. Go right now to trymiracle.com slash myworld. That's trymiracle.com slash myworld to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%. And if you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. As a matter of fact, Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash MYWORLD and use the code MYWORLD to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash myworld to treat yourself, a friend, or a loved one this holiday season. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Jeff, our topic today, man, we're finally here. We're like an hour into the damn show. Sorry. Uh, well, we had a lot to talk about. Holiday weekend, uh, man. A lot of catching up. And uh, this is maybe for next week. Conrad, did you know raccoons are one of the smartest? Oh, my gosh. I, I kid you not. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Sure. But, well, he, 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 raccoons are smart. Skunks, maybe not so much. But, man. You Elmer Fudd motherfucker. It is really a journey around here. You're out here hunting rabbits <laughs> and raccoons and skunks. But if you had a turkey, you'd let him go. I mean, I just, stop, it. stop it. Let's roll. If it was up to, is, is Cody dictating the Thanksgiving menu? Is that really what we're talking about? Cause if it's up to him, y'all are going to have Swiss cake roll casserole next year. <laughs> if you only knew pal, if you only knew. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about your run in 1998. This is the don't piss me off era. It, it It's a gear change. It's a little bit of a, a shift for your character. And we've seen some of that recently. And I know we don't talk about current stuff, but for instance, Luchasaurus became Kill Switch. Yep. And maybe once upon a time with the pairing with Jungle Boy, you know, the boy and his dinosaur, that made sense. But now 
it's time for a new new look, or as Bruce calls it, a, a fresh paint of coat. So Luchasaurus is now Kill Switch, but way back when, you know, Double J is going to become this new edgier, shorter haircut, different tights, guitar, Deborah. It's a whole new presentation. So if you missed sort of part one of this discussion, it's available in the archives. That's my world on youtube.com. Check that out. My world on youtube.com. But on raw, you're going to wind up taking on gold dust and Owen Hart, who's recently announced he's retiring unless he's fighting Ken Shamrock or Dan Severn. Otherwise he's retired from in-ring action. He's going to join for commentary. Deborah's going to put your foot on the rope after gold dust hits his finish. The curtain call. Eventually Deborah's going to tease gold dust. Owen jumps in and attacks. It's a DQ again, but check this out. The blue blazer comes out to help in the attack, but instead the blue blazer attacks Owen. He unmasks and it's Steve Blackman. This is a little silly, but kind of fun. Is this old school Memphis right here? Do you think? Well, you know what I was going to say, and I didn't want to interrupt you earlier. We were talking about all state arena. You know, that is the, the location of Owen Hart's last match. I will always remember the, the that venue for a lot of reasons. Steve is right. It's got a, it's just got a different vibe to it. You know, the United Center and Wintrust, well, all over the world, they're just different vibes. Also, you know, um, I still call it Horizon. That it's always got a really cool, uh, unique vibe to it. Um, but you know, as as, as you kind of said, we got into this last week. But getting into the Attitude Era, when you looked at me and oh, I'll say Owen too as heels. Um, we, we, you know, and I had had the double J and Tennessee Lee and, you know, we had Southern justice. Uh, we had actually, and I, I, this is another little footnote while me and Robert, um, were together and I was still doing double J, uh, with the long hair, I think, and I don't know if there were matches, but there were talk about putting those guys, um, you know, prior to the haircut, um, it, it, we, we were going to, that had been talked about for, I don't say a long time, but, but quite some time. But when we got into this blue blazer story, it really was the anti attitude character that, um, the blue blazer was a knight in shining armor coming to th this wasn't ever said, but it was kind of the mentality of Russo and Farrar and Owen. And, and here's going to be this character that doesn't like anything about, um, the current, direction of the attitude era with Val Venus and Godfather and, and, and DX and stone cold and just everything going on. And so when I got the haircut and the don't piss me off and we did the vignettes, that was kind of headed down one road, but, but, uh, on, uh, as a part of that was this blue blazer Owen Hart story. And as you just said, getting Steve Blackman, uh, kind of integrated because he, that was another character that I would not say well, this is debatable and it's subjective, but he didn't have, he was, uh, what was he a lethal weapon? You know, his yeah. was, um, MMA oriented, but the, the, there wasn't, uh, we'll, we'll call it the attitude like the other characters were. So when you kind of look, look at this and him fitting in the, it, and a lot of times it was, like a lot of things that are all raw, they were just a one or two week program and, and weaving in and out because Steve and DX were the main threads on every show and taker. We, uh, 
we should also mention that this um this is a different era for you i mean we you you sort of teased it or talked a little bit about it at the top of the show where you said you've spent almost all of your career as a heel but now as soon as you're like opening chord hits you get a pop and i'm wondering is that because they recognize that there's a chance you're gonna hit a dude with a guitar and give him a new necklace or how much of that pop do you contribute to puppy mania for lack of a better word so the first seven years of my career were all babyface, but it was the territory and t- tennessee 80 percent of that texas a little bit of puerto rico in here there but as i'd gone into the double j character with the vignettes and me and bruce kicked that bad boy off and all that and that had run from basically 93 and a I did the horseman stop in WCW, but back 97 and, you know, that just didn't fit in the attitude era. And then when we kind of morphed over into, uh, the don't piss me off, I think in that era it was cause you kind of look at, I mean, I'm trying to think of some different, I just used Godfather and Val Venus, but when people's music would hit, there wasn't, and I'm sure there were a few, but the defining heel heel characters of massive booze, I'd have to say the chairman, Vince. I'm trying to think of other big heels. There there weren't a lot. So I think it's a combination of all the above that the the puppy era, the guitar shot era, um, and, and we're gonna be entertained type deal. You know, even at AEW today, uh, Conrad, that our music will hit and we'll kind of get that. I don't want to call it a babyface pop, but a pop. And then as we start down the aisle, it's the FU chance. So, um, I, I just think it's kind of a anticipation pop. Um, I don't know. That's a good subjective conversation to have. Cause I think if you polled a hundred people, you're not going to get anywhere close to hundred percent on while they popped the way they did. Well, let's talk about something that was uh, popular at the time, but, maybe with the benefit of hindsight, we didn't really, I don't know. what do you think when the undertaker and, and Paul bear tried to embalm Steve Austin? I mean, as a fan at the time, this is the era where I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. <laughs> like, like when, when, when he finally became the American badass, I was all in. I, I thought it was overdue. I was ready for it. Certainly respect his in ring work. His matches were always fun. Love his character work. Love that he's like the godfather of wrestling. But when we're going to threaten and bomb a dude, I'm like, what? What am I watching? What do you think of that? Is that too far? Is I mean, the reason I bring this up is, and you've talked about this before. The rest of the country, like even Bruce, Bruce would, you know, he's a Houston guy, so he he'd always talk about, oh, that's that Memphis stuff. That's that Memphis wrestling. <laughs> we're embalming dudes. In the New York territory, that's more Memphis than Memphis ever. I don't think there was ever an embalming angle. What'd you think of that? So, you know, Conrad right now in the current climate, I'll just say this diplomatically. Uh Oh, Oh, (laughs) you always get me on that. Um, by the way, folks, here's, if you're ever talking to Jeff in real life, I'm fixing to give a tell because it just tickles me so much. If you've ever seen Talladega Nights with Ricky Bobby, 
one of the most iconic characters in the history of film. He goes to his team owner and he says, Mr. So-and-so with all due respect, (laughs) there's a comma and everything that comes after the comma is just shitting on your head in real life. If Jeff Jarrett ever says to you in conversation, well, Conrad diplomatically get ready because he's got a shovel in his hand and it's coming in somebody's direction. So it just tickles me whenever Jeff says, well, Conrad, you know, in today's climate diplomatically, I'm like, here we go. No, but what I was going to say is now I'm all for look, because I have a, from, from, from creative rooms to, uh, characters and everything. I love entertainment, getting outside the box, um, stretching everyone's imagination, all in the name of entertainment. I, I, I get that, but let's just say last night, Conrad, the threads and the shreds and the perceptions and everything that went with it is all based on reality. Like, Oh my God, I never thought I would ever. I, that's real. I mean, Hey man, you can talk about this, this, and this, but that, that, that stuff, that's real. Right. Conrad. So that's kind yeah. of side of the events. Paul bear <laughs> in his former life. I love old, uh, me and Moody. Um, I always called him Percy Pringle. We got to know each other in Texas in 1988, 89 and stayed friends and buddies and used to laugh and cut up and, I would love to be in Caden with him and all just all that kind of stuff. But in the attitude era, numbers speak for themselves. But when you get down to the level of embalming stone cold, it's just kind of stretching the limits and, and kind of, um, I just think get, getting way out of bounds and Conrad, you just kind of meant it. You're like enough's enough. I mean, I think the magic of stone cold and Mr. McMahon were the whole world knew that Vince owned the WWF. He's welcome to WrestleMania starting in 83. And so here's the real boss and he's a New Yorker. And I wouldn't say pompous and arrogant because he was playing the play-by-play character and everything went with it. When he became the evil Mr. McMahon and he had, the hardworking blue collar beer uh, drinking dude, Stone Cold, everybody could actually relate to that. I mean, it was so, you could just live vicariously through both characters. When you get into the embalming Undertaker and Stone Cold, uh, you just kind of lost that sense of reality. If, if, again, and who, who am I to throw shade on an angle that may or may not get out of bounds, but I think you're, you are probably accurate. Like a lot of folks that it just carried it a little bit too far, not saying it didn't do great numbers, uh, on pay-per-views or, or, or ratings, but the embalming angle might've, might've kind of pushed the envelope in the wrong way. Just a little bit too much. Maybe just a little bit. Uh, you're going to make the trip across the pond for the capital carnage pay-per-view triple H is back. You're going to be taking him on with uh, China at ringside. You guys go about seven minutes. Hunter gets the win. 
Uh, Deborah's going to try to help and tease Hunter, but China takes the chair away from you. Hunter hits you with pedigree one, two, three. Any memories of working these UK only pay-per-views? Cause this feels like it was a mad dash to get back in time for Monday night raw. It was quick and the match was quick and I wanted to go longer and, but you know, it was timing of the show. Um, I, you know, it's one of those deals that I would have liked to have, no, I'm not saying we, we should have, or could have, I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, I think me and old triple H could have torn the house down if we'd let us go 15 or 20. But when you do a sub eight minute match, it's paint by numbers. You got to do this, segue to this, segue to this, get to the finish, go home. But it was for what it was. I thought it was very good, but we, just not enough time to really develop a rhythm. And both of us, I think, both of our styles. That once you kind of get into past twelve, then you it, really in our element of t- being able to tell a story in a match. The day after Sunday Night Heat airs, you're going to be taking on Mark Henry with his new sexual chocolate gimmick. Now he's obsessed with Deborah. Of course, <laughs> this match ends with a guitar shot, but this time it's D'Lo hitting you with a guitar. Um, we never talked about this before, but I know like, um, you know, if, if Hulk Hogan's coming out to the ring and tearing off a t-shirt, he's just getting that from the merch stand or he's having a runner go grab it. No big deal. But these guitars is WWE supplying these for you. Is that something out of their props department? Or is that something that you've got to go find a guy and you're coming out of pocket for that? No, no, no. It was, it was, it was WWE. Um, and it's funny how it's evolved through the years. Uh, but you know, it, this was specifically in this time. Um, it was funny because remember the double J character and the lighted up hat and the lighted up outfit. Obviously I got to know scenic and props and the people in those departments very well, but literally from almost day one, uh, with the double J character. And now here we are with the guitar and it was something that, you know, in those days it was, and I know honky talk had used it. I'll call it sparingly. But in, in, we'll call it late 90s, it was, oh, yeah, let's use a guitar. Well, once we got to a point, we always had a guitar ready. But there were several Monday nights that they would have to literally go to a pawn shop that day, and that's what they did, and find a guitar and bring it back and fix it all up. And some were fixed better than others. And it was uh, the wild, wild west in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways, but, but uh, interesting. Uh, what was the worst the- guitar shot you took? Not gave, but took. Worst guitar shot that I took. Yep. I took a guitar shot in Canada at WCW. And I went back to the room and my neck had locked up, but I think it was more on the bump that I took. I'm trying to think who gave me that maybe Benoit actually I'm trying to think, but worst guitar shot. Um, Oh no, shoot. What am I thinking? Conrad right out there. Um, in my, my, my room right off next to this, um, LA park in Mexico split. I've, you know, <laughs> I got about a two to three inch, uh, scar on the top of my head laid me wide open as, as your, uh, as Mick Foley would say, how does he say it? Conrad busted wide open. Uh, yeah. LA park by far. 
there's a story in the Montreal Gazette in this era talking to you and about your run on guitars. And according to the story, they're unstrung guitars with minor structural changes, not to lessen the concussive force, but to make louder kabooms. Now, I understand that might be something we talk about here on a podcast, but how the shit did the Montreal Gazette know that in 1998? And their quote was not lessen the concussion. Yeah, like I guess it's not supposed to lessen the blow. It's the most to make a louder noise. But so, I'm like, what? So, so maybe he's a fan and dressing it up, or he's not a fan and trying to make us look barbaric. But uh, heck, I don't know, Conrad. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I just found that odd. Like, wait a minute, why would we go to a newspaper and tell our magic tricks? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't say where he got that quote from, right? No. I'll tell you what, though. Something else that doesn't make sense. You know, cold turkeys may be great on sandwiches. Jeff will never know because he doesn't cook a turkey. But there's a better way to break your bad habits. And we're not talking about some crazy mind voodoo from uh, old Dave Meltzer or anybody from the Montreal Gazette. No, we're talking about our sponsor fume. You see, they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in the, in a, in a bad habit is wrong, you know? So maybe instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove like the bad from your habit? Well, fume is an innovative award winning flavored air device that does just that. You see, instead of vapor fume uses flavored air instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy, and it makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for your fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. And my wife was absolutely blown away with the taste. It was way fresher and flavorful than she ever thought. She loves the crisp mint. You might like the white cranberry or the maple pepper, the orange vanilla. They got something for everybody. How about raspberry lemon or sparkling grapefruit? Try them all. Think of it as like refreshing herbal tea. If vapor was compared to sticky soda, fume flavors would compare to herbal tea. Not as sweet and a lot more natural. It's very well weighted. It's perfectly balanced. It's extremely fun to fidget with. It's made of beautiful wood. It's a cool shape. You're going to feel cool using it. And you got to try the new Solo No. Solo No is made with a premium walnut barrel and it's got an onyx coated mouthpiece and it has a slightly softer finish. I think you'll dig it. Start the holidays off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash Jarrett and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of this show 20% off until December 1st when they use the code Jarrett to help make the good habit that much easier. That's trifume.com slash Jarrett. Be sure to use the code Jarrett. That's J-A-R-R. Ha ha. E-double-T. Ho ho. Hey, so after your match with Mark Henry, Goldust is going to go ahead. No, I said not bad. J-A-R-R-E-double-T. Mark Henry, after your match with him, Goldust comes out, challenges you to a match at the next pay-per-view, rock bottom. If you win, Goldust has to get naked. <laughs> I don't know why. That feels like a, 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 a bet me and Abyss would make about the Bengals. But if Goldust wins, Deborah has to strip naked. 
and you accept. So now this is, I believe, and again, I didn't see all of your USWA stuff, all your Memphis stuff. Is this the first time you remember wrestling in a loser gets naked match? I, I believe this is right up there. Uh, a, a first for me, but yeah. I would kind of at reading the notes. Uh, I remember having the conversation. I'm like, how do we pay this off? No, wait. Yeah. And I'm thinking if, if I win, like it, it us wanting to see gold us naked. Is that like an incentive for me to win? That's what I was wondering. Like, wouldn't you just throw the match intentionally? <laughs> I don't understand. No, that's, I mean, I, I, I don't the step, but, and, and look, this is, um, this is straight out of attitude air. Okay. We're not going to worry about that side of it. We just want the people to say, Jeff's going to get beat. And when he gets, we want to see Deborah naked. That's it. I mean, just kind of that cut and dried, but it, that's a head scratcher. going into the match. I'm like, now, wait a minute. These days I'm hoping that, you know, somebody in the office over there, maybe will Washington's listening to the show and he will find a way to get a loser gets naked match with you. And the world can finally see the angle of your dangle. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Um, raw the next night has you taken on D and Earl Hebner is even distracted by Deborah. That's right. The referee is distracted by Deborah and Goldust comes out wearing nothing but a trench coat and a wig. He's going to flash Deborah, show off the angle of his dangle and D takes advantage, rolls you up for the win. So of course during Goldust match with Owen, Deborah comes out with a trench coat flashes Goldust. Owen rolls him up for the three count. We're doing flashing angles, Jeff. Flashing angles. And you know who's to blame for all of this? I think you personally. No, 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 no. Our our boy, our 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 co-host. Come on. Oh no, no. Well, hold on. If you really want to roll the things back, that our man Road Dog Jesse James. He liked this. No, he's the one who and Lawler, I when I say pardon the pun, pounced on it. I mean, he pounced on it, but Brian said puppies. something. Yeah. He named them the puppies and Lawler took off with it. And, you know, that's where, you know, you talk about Jr. and the King and, and different, you know, Vince and Jesse or, 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 um, oh gosh, gorilla and Bobby, just kind of that tandem and all that. But when you go back and hear sound bites and you'll see them, uh, you know, at my world pod and when they post clips or just different ones, when you kind of hear Lawler being the adolescent voice type deal, all that, but JR's kind of dismissive. Oh, come on, Jerry. I mean, he's so to me reminiscent of like Lance Russell, but so real. Like Jerry JR is almost embarrassed that Lawler's saying that, which of course gets it over. <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, we're doing the flashing angles. We're red hot ninety-eight. <laughs> Well, we're not done. Uh, before we talk about that match from rock bottom, cause there's a lot of great matches that we need to discuss. Easy pal. Easy. Uh, that's inside baseball, daddy. Uh, there was a raw where the undertaker is going to put stone cold on what Michael Cole would call the symbol. Now they would say it's not a cross. If you grew up going to a Baptist church, like Jeff and I did when we were youngins. They say to ourselves, self, looks like there's, uh, some imagery there that 
resembles the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They even pull him up in the air. They're all trying to establish the buried alive match at the pay-per-view again. Wow. Of all the bad ideas in the attitude era. And on this very show, we've talked about loser gets naked and a couple of dudes in threatening to embalm another dude. Now we're putting him up on the symbol. Now you told the story last week on the show where you would find yourself in church, having to try to defend some of the programming to, to folks that you went to church with. And I get that because once upon a time man, the WWF was for kids, like my parents would pop in a VHS tape of WrestleMania four. And that was my babysitter for a few hours. Well, this is a different product and maybe not everybody got the memo, but as a person who grew up in the church, what'd you think of stone cold on a symbol? It goes into what I touched on last week. And that is where being taught day one, that this is a business. This is an industry. Yes. We're a hybrid. We're not all sport. We're not all entertainment. We're a hybrid, but at the end of the day, folks, <laughs> This is entertainment, just like Vince told the New Jersey government so he wouldn't have to pay pay-per-view taxes. This is not a sporting event. I always understood it in that context. That is is the um, is the storyline getting into blasphemy and, and all that, but it's a story. I, if you preface, preface, preface it by saying, okay, this is the type of programming we're, we're, we're creating that it is a story. And I looked at it as, as, as such that it's not for everybody. Um, you know, as the years have gone on and, and you kind of see how content is produced, not just wrestling content, just content that, you know, the old saying, my grandmother never, ever discussed politics, religion, and wrestling. There's, there's no upside. She meant by wrestling, whether it's real or not, because you can't win at that discussion. When you, when you discuss politics, you alienate part of your audience. When you discuss religion, you alienate part of your audience. I think this would go into that, that, that bucket of you're going to tread into this. Just be prepared. Some people are going to be offended by it and go away. Now, there's always that argument. Oh, they wouldn't come around to begin with. Uh, that's subjective. I believe it is an interesting thing to, to, to look at and wonder if it's polarizing or not. Um, and, and you, you sort of drilled it into everybody's head here on the program. Mine, maybe most of all that creative is subjective. I don't know how subjective we could be about your next pay-per-view match. It's the rock bottom show. We go eight minutes and two seconds. It's you and gold dust and Meltzer's right up. It's kind of funny. Actually, this match had a lot of heat, which just shows how much everyone wanted to see Deborah McMichael naked. I think the only way a match between these two could get over is to promise 17,000 males. They'll see a beauty pageant winner naked at the end, but it was a good match. Goldust used the curtain call on Jarrett, but Deborah distracted the ref. Fans were really into Goldust near falls. I wonder why. Goldust set up shattered dreams. Deborah got in the ring and started caressing his butt. Of course, he didn't care, which I guess proves he was gay all along. 
Jarrett took the low blow, but Deborah broke the guitar over Goldust's head, and Jarrett scored the pin with a reverse Russian leg sweep. Shawn Michaels came out after the match, and although he plays heel, he said he saw Deborah interfere, reversed the decision, and ordered Deborah to strip. She played it up for all she could. I'm not sure this is what they were teaching here to win all those beauty pageants. Then again, Sean put $20 down her top. She stripped down to a thong bikini underwear, which they were very careful to only show shots from the front. Teased taking off her top, which she eventually did. But before anything was visible, Jarrett and the blue blazer covered her up and dragged her away. Even so, now Deborah is over like a big dog. Although dog is least applicable description. I can just see it in three weeks that Jeff Jarrett is going to have all the charisma in the world in his ring intro, two and a half stars. This is one of the only times that I think this has been the case for you where your valet, for lack of a better word, is really the focus and the center of attention. I mean, listen, you, you've sort of joked with Cody before that maybe you know, Jay lethal is his heater, but my goodness, what, what, what in the moment, take me through, are you happy with this? I mean, it's clearly working. You're getting a crowd reaction, but just knowing you as the performer, I, I think I know, I wonder how do you reconcile all that? Like, wow, man, this is what they're really cheering for. This is what we're doing. What'd you think of that? I had a conversation with the chairman about midway through this that was kind of just focused on this, that, and I, you know, when you, okay. When you really look at this Conrad now, 20 years later, whatever it may be, but, um, and look at the psychology that we'll just call it in wrestling terms. Deborah was a baby face and I was the heel, right? Yep. And, I won matches by using her assets, if you will, strategically and however you may be. And as we started building this and me being, don't you dare do this and cover it up and Owen uh, or Blue Blazer or both of us, however it was, you know, covering them up and which would get a ton of heat. To me, it was okay, I'm going to adjust from the double J character. And now Brian got this thing up and running and Lawler took off with it. And if you go back and, and this is something that maybe this is for next week, but if you broke down the quarter hours, Conrad, during this run, our quarter hours were always super, super successful. And I really think that it was an entertainment package that this was building the Jeff character as the character that, 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 that we moved into, had I not done this, how hot would the China angle be in is kind of what I'm trying to get to is that it was, it laid the foundation that I, as a character, I want to make sure I say that over and over. I believe women should be, you know, the old saying barefoot and pregnant and stuck in a kitchen, you know, that, that type deal. But this was the whole groundwork, and I understood the method to the madness that, okay, because I was getting a ton of heat out of it. Every time I went to cover it up or told her to get down, but also we would have her pop up in these spots and we'll say reveal the puppies, 
what did I do as a character? I always took advantage of it or attempted to try to screw the baby face or use it or distract or whatever it was. So there was a little bit of a method to all this that we never, and I'm not saying we should have, but you know, had we played it out, it's like, okay, we're, we're working in cahoots and this is how, you know, instead of my manager having a cane or an umbrella or a tennis racket or whatever it may be, this was kind of the the character that I was using as a valet to win my matches. And I, I'll still go back to when I look back on it. And I even at the time, I, when we started down the China Road, I mean, you talk about the road being paved. It was for sure. You know, because then they added um, – Miss Kitty as, as like a helper to Deborah, which kind of just fell in the line to, to all of this kind of attitude air character makes sense to you, Conrad, where I'm kind of going with it. So it didn't yeah. rub the wrong way at all. I, I, I think that collectively, and I say collectively, Vince McMahon, Vince Russo, and of course, Ed Farrar, but we all were like, okay, this is clicking. And, and we kind of can get a, a lot of things accomplished here. Obviously, whatever babyface was in the role, it, you know, we're, we're going to give them a good match and whether they win need to win or not, uh, we, we could tell the story. Um, and it just kind of kept rolling along. When I go back to the Dustin match, Conrad, me and him always had really good chemistry, but when you use the gold dust character and the double J character, and then the Deborah step, I, I think even as much as it pained, Dave to say it, he had to admit, you know what? This is pretty damn entertaining stuff because Jeff and Dustin can go and, oh, wow, they're actually doing some good false finishes that the people are with because of the stipulation, because the era that we were in, it all kind of worked uh, in, in more ways than Dave probably wanted to admit and in more ways than a lot of people want to admit. But I do believe this whole foundation set up for the China run and 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 i think that goes without saying that was super successful well what else is super successful is if you're um looking to put on a little show of your set uh maybe some false finishes of your own can i recommend blue chew come on now i tag maybe you don't have uh, deborah running around your house threatening to get naked but maybe you can give some motivation in your house about a little blue chew. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. And the process is really super simple. You sign up at bluechew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. That means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversation, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package, but there won't be anything discreet about your package. Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. So discover your options at bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluetooth.com. The promo code is MYWORLD and you'll receive your first month free. Visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. Jeff, uh, I can't believe this is real. And you always say this. Can't wait to. Uh, we appreciate you sponsoring today's podcast. And Jeff Sweener. No, I was going to say, and Conrad Sweener today. Why uh, not? 
All right, back kind of, and I, I know, I, I don't want to get too long with the wind here, but Conrad, but when you really think about, this is the pleasure of doing my world, but, you know, you, you look at uh, Picture Money Jeff or Simply Irresistible Jeff or whatever you want to call, and then the Double J, when you kind of look at this stepping stone, and this podcast does it for me, the run of Double J with Tennessee Lee I would have loved to have done Tennessee Lee with me, like spin road dog off, let him be the roadie that, that they wanted to do, switch him babyface, right? And, my, and this is just pl playing hypothetical what if Booker Conrad, you know, that if if roadie would have switched babyface, I'd have stayed, we wouldn't have done our deal, but let him go down that babyface road. If I would have come in on the back end of that and brought in Tennessee Lee as my manager, he would have fit, we'll call it, in the new generation era. Big time. But had I not done the hair versus hair with X-Pac and, and all of that and kind of gone through the uh, challenges and then get the ball rolling of reinventing, I, I kind of look back on it. And although, you know, I, I didn't reach main event heights, if you will, we still took chicken shit and turned it into some chicken salad here. I, I would, would you not agree with that Conrad or would you want to debate me on that? You know what I mean? It, it turned out as a, as, as a nice segue. No doubt about it. I, um, I think this, you know, Terry Funk once told Dave Meltzer something like you are performing the match for the crowd. That's there. Like people who watch the show out of context on a VHS years later, that won't do it. That their opinion doesn't matter. It was sort of, you had to be there Yep. in this stuff we're talking about. I think you kind of had to be there. And I think there's some stuff that's happening in modern wrestling that we'll look back and say, well, that didn't make any sense. Well, you kind of had to be there. Yeah. Uh, on raw, you're going to get involved in the gold dust and blue blazer match. After two minutes, Blackman comes out, unmasks the blue blazer and he reveals Owen. And this is all to set up a guitar on a pole match. I guess it was only a matter of time before this happened. Uh, you get the win after Owen comes out, kills Blackman with a guitar that didn't come from the pole. Did you ever get tired of the guitar or did you really like that being a part of your repertoire? I, I loved it. I mean, and I get it that, you know, there are so many times, gosh, I mean, how many times? Hey man, we're going to do a chair spot. We're going to do this. I mean, the chair is used in so many and now, you know, tables and Hey, can you, Hey, uh, under the ring, it's like, it is a plethora of, you know, every wrestling ring now comes with even the toy, uh, the action figures ring comes, uh, with a table, a ladder and a chair. You know, it's, it is what it is. I always thought the guitar it's it to this day, it brings a sense of element that, um, you know, that, that, okay, we're going to see it. I think a lot of times now, if I use it to finish and don't use it, you can kind of get the same kind of strategy out of it. So no Conrad, I never really minded at, at all. Seriously. It's uh it's an interesting time in the WWE. The next week we see Owen Hart do commentary while you are under the blue blazer mask taking on Steve Blackman. Owen's going to claim the footage that aired of him last week being exposed was edited while Michael Cole reminds Owen that last week's raw was live. 
Owen is wonderful at He's this. The best, the best. Uh, what what did you think? This is, I mean, you didn't wrestle under a mask very often. What did you think of donning the blue blazer mask? It's not easy wearing masks because I, I did it a couple of times at WCW as, um, oh gosh, um, Vianos did the blue blazer. Working under a hood is a skill set. Uh, so I, I definitely, that would not be my preference. But this storyline, again, no story out of outside of, Austin's or, or takers or really DX's went any more than a month or so. But this storyline, because it was the anti attitude era and Owen was magnificent in, in, in delivering, you know, he went from, I'm not a nugget. Um, you know, just, just the, the, Owen was so good at it and his deadpan delivery, um, was as real as can be. It, it just, it, it clicked. And, you know, Owen, we had heat when we were together as a team, it, it, it got rolling and, and they knew they were going to be entertained by us. Um, but also a, a working heel tag team. Let's, uh, let's remind everybody Goldust unmasks you after Owen, uh, attacks Blackman for the DQ. And then this airs we got a little video we want to play here for oh you boy. Jeff. oh boy here we you know go. what pisses me off world hunger holy wars politics ugly women in politics all Janet Reno. pigs you know what else me off women with semen stained dresses semen stained dresses pigs. that really me off hillary clinton stand by your man you really me off jeff When you were cutting your teeth, making the towns, trying to break in, yeah. sitting under your dad's learning tree, learning from Teeny, your grandmother, that's Christine Jarrett. Mm -hmm. Did you ever in all your wildest dreams, imagine that you would be on one of the highest rated programs on cable television, cutting promos about History. semen stained dresses? Conrad, I just heard those uh, in the last week. I've, 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 I got to catch up, I'll say, on that content. I don't believe that I've said semen stained dresses since before that or since that. And do you know who you can thank for that? Do you know who the producer of those don't piss me off vignettes are? Is that Bruce Pritchard? Nope. <laughs> that's it. That's a good guess. That's funny. I'm just saying, I know Bruce loves semen. Uh, what, 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 who was it? The, the exact same producer that produced with my baby tonight at Manny's car wash. You've also interviewed him here uh, on ad free shows. None other. Oh, wow. Okay. David Zahadi produced those. Zahadi so, wanted you to say semen. That that is that's all. Did, did he did he think that would be a word you guys would bleep and post, and then you found out after the fact you didn't have to? I have no idea. I have because I talked about baseball and the Yankees and something else. I mean, we did. I don't know five, six, seven, eight of those, four or five. I don't know because they were just like some of them were like thirty to forty-five seconds that we were just going to bounce in there. 
to, to kind of reinforce the don't piss me off. And then that's when it took a left turn and you can't say pitch, got to say tick off and everything went south on that. But yes, hey, thank your boy, David Sahadi for that. There was a huge contingent of America. I mean, a large portion of America who, who, who wanted Hillary to not stand by her man. I mean, there was a big debate about what should Hillary do. And, and, you know, um, there were some strong feelings. So to a certain section of the audience, what you're saying there was going to make you a baby face. And like, as a rule, I thought in wrestling, we tried as much as we could to steer away from politics and you're just diving right in there. So Conrad, this is uh BS big way, big time. I never used to, I did not told you that, that my grandmother said, stay away from, from, uh, religion and politics yeah. Didn't stay away from, from my, 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 my relationship with the Lord, but I definitely stayed away from politics. Didn't watch it. I had no context on any of that. Like none of it, zero. Uh, and that's not an excuse. That's just kind of a reality. As you say it now, if I had to, to, you know, now just kind of understanding, but, um, that there's two sides to that. But um, it, it's in a lot of ways. Think about the t just the attitude era, with all the different characters, and you got a guy talking about that situation on Monday Night Raw. You know, Hypo hypothetically, do you think we'll see another semen angle in wrestling? I don't think so, pal. I don't think uh, my my gut tells me no. What do you think? I'm I'm hoping since your office, you could work on something. <laughs> maybe you could send a little side text to will washington and we could get a semen angle going <laughs> what stop it stop it on the christmas house shows jeff and x-pac are going to pair up again in a guitar on a pole match including a rematch in madison square garden december 27th it's a christmas tradition there's always that garden show around christmas it allows you know, families to gift their kids tickets or Santa Claus to drop some tickets off to bring the kids down to Madison Square Garden. I mean, even if it's a non-televised event, the garden's a big deal, right? Great payoff. That Christmas yeah. week, um, that was, I mean, that was the biggest live event payoff week of the year. Um, we would go on those international tours after Mania and and i'm talking 93 94 95 6 you know during that or in the 90s you know those would be um that yearly post mania tour was was big live event money uh but christmas week was the the best and and most years we ran two tours i don't know if this year we did but a lot of them would be an east coast run and the other one would be a west coast la san diego san francisco trying to think uh maybe one or two more in there uh, down of vegas but anyway uh three or four or five shots in california three or four or five shots on the east coast the big markets christmas week always um just a holiday tradition you know um thursday morning uh i was just telling one of my daughters she was something came up i said yep Christmas, Thanksgiving night. I've worked many, many of Thanksgiving nights right here in Nashville. Used to do it in Jackson, uh, Tennessee uh, on occasion, but Nashville was a Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving night tradition for a lot of years. The tag team of you and Owen Hart actually makes its debut on Sunday night heat, taking on Godfather and Val Venus. Um, 
you guys get to win in three minutes, but it's a new heel tag team. I mean, that's clear. You guys have chemistry. Maybe there's going to be a little less of the blue blazer. There's a, a much more serious hardened edge, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, we've talked a little bit about your tag team run, but to know that this is how it starts and this is where it all gets kicked off. Were you at all concerned? I asked because you mentioned it. You're coming off this great week of payoffs with uh, with like the Madison Square Garden show around Christmas. Those are singles matches. We've talked about the economics of tag team wrestling before. Were you concerned that might affect your money? Not really. The business was red hot. Okay. Um, I mean, super hot. I also knew that the, the single run w- was going, w- was really going with the dynamic, but also knew, well, Owen, I mean, just, and I say this, this may work against business mindset. We always had such a good team, but I knew we clicked as a team. And I also knew that me, him and Deborah, that was just a different dynamic. The, 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 the story was, it, it just was a, that, that pairing. And I'm talking about all three of us was a different dynamic and the ease that we could work together and tag and the unselfishness and there, it just, it, it just all kind of fit and worked in, in so many ways. And I also knew that as a single heel, both of us, we both had a better shot looking at the cards. Hey man, we're going to be, I'll say further up the card, better spot, maybe more TV time, this, that being together than, than single at the, at this specific time. Cause they put the belts on us not long after this. The next night on raw, you're going to team up again to take on gold dust and Steve Blackman. It feels like this is the program that just won't end. Yeah. Uh, we also see Dan Severn come back in a neck brace while Owen has uh, the sharpshooter on. The distraction leads to you being rolled up by Goldust, and that ends your 1998 on television. Boy, distraction finishes. Oh, man. We think they're overdone now. Boy, it feels like every match you lost in 1998 was the distraction finish. Is that one of your pet peeves in wrestling? And when, if so, when did it become one? What do you mean, pet peeves? Well, it just feels like it's a crutch. Like, man, the only uh, half the losses we we've discussed here were, and then so and so gets distracted. Roll up. So, I think there's so many different variations uh, of distractions. So, in general, it never bothers me. Um, and I know that there is a segment of the wrestling audience that just demands or attempts to demand clean finishes. And I think in so many ways on the one hand, and man, this is, I I'll say it before I even comes out of my mouth. This can be interpreted talking out two sides of my mouth, however you want to, to digest it. And that's why it's subjective because there are some matches that absolutely should be a, a, a clean one, two, three. But when you are, have a have a roster and there are certain bridges and I say creative bridges that you're better off having a distraction or a roll up or an outside interference calls the one, two, three, you know, Dutchman tell used to say in Puerto Rico, give them a finish until 
and then continue to tell your story. So he would uh, a lot of times give them a clean finish and then come right in on top of it and just kind of continue to tell the story uh, after that, that you kind of get what you want out of it. I mean, there again, it's, it's, it's artistic Liberty. It's creative freedom. It's, it's how you see it, but th there are certain most instances that clean finishes aren't really appropriate or needed until the end of the program because yeah, 52 weeks a year, you know, in, in both companies, major companies right now, you've got 52 dynamites and 52 collisions. You can put uh rampage in there as well. But when you, when you have that many finishes and stories to be told, you, you've got to keep kind of moving through things. And so if you do the exact same mechanically distraction, Conrad, yes, that doesn't serve anybody good. But if you can come up with different variations and I'm saying from a distraction to an outside interference to, again, you can, haul, again, a baby face get beat, a heel get beat. Uh, uh, there's so many different ways that you can uh, create the recipe, but I am not, the top line of your question is, I'm not opposed to uh, having third parties, if you will, contribute to the finish. Hey, let me ask you, you know, we've talked about this before you, you're, we know from listening to the show or, or getting to know you on this show that you're very goal oriented and, and, and you're very driven and, and anybody who's followed your career knows that you're always looking to what's next. You spend, spend very little time looking in the windshield or the rearview mirror, a lot looking through the windshield, but here you are at the end of 98. You've been with the company or back with the company now for over a year. You didn't get off to the best start. You know, the whole, the, the, the promo that maybe upset Steve and man, we went through the Aztec stuff and the Tennessee Lee stuff and the Southern justice stuff. But now we've settled into a bit of a rhythm and you mentioned you were getting great payoffs off of like that Christmas show at MSG. Are you happy with your lot in life here? Do you feel like your career is going the way you want? Are you frustrated? And then what's going on at home? Conversely, like, where are you just as a human being personally and professionally as 1998 comes to a close home? I think that's kind of easy to answer. I had one daughter, um, but, uh, you know, I, I've got to kind of think through her as her first cancer diagnosis. She was coming out of that. She was on the mend. I would have to really drill down on months on that Conrad, but for the most part up and running one daughter, um, living life, lots of travel. It, it's that it's, you know, just that simple, lots of travel. Um, like all of us professionally, Conrad, when again, I'm going to kind of go back to those quarter hours when those were successful, the, the, I'll, I'll call it the reaction, the placement, um, I knew that I was headed in the right direction coming off what you just mentioned. It was a rough, we'll call it 14 months from October of 97 till December of 98. That was not the easiest 14 months of my career. It, it was an up and down struggle just because, you know, not to be repetitive here, but, you know, getting in there and doing the double J character and the leaflets and Tennessee Lee and, the Sawyer Brown and singing and Steve Blackman was even a part of that angle. And, and, you know, it, it wasn't for, I mean, Vince McMahon, uh, he, he, he was, he was like, right, we're going to make this work. And again, 
Stone Cold was red hot. DX, you know, just all the different characters. But I think Vince wasn't that he just personally liked me. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But he knew. We'll call it Jeff Jarrett and and the direction he had Double J going. Bruce knew that. Russo, you know, he was new on the creative scene, but he knew it had success before. All right, we're just going to keep going. But, you know, we knew that the Double J Tennessee Lee character, whether we said it or not, it didn't fit the Attitude Era. Then the Aztec deal, that damn sure didn't fit. And that was, boy, that was really short-lived. But as we kind of got into, all right, let's do Southern Justice. Let's cut the hair. Let's don't piss me off. We knew, I felt like, yeah, no, we knew that we were on to something at least rowing in a positive direction. And then as we said, as, as the, uh, the Deborah and then the Deborah Owen deal, all that kind of momentum we're going, I'll say this end of 98 going into 99, it was definitely an upbeat. And I felt like I'd come out of a real low part of my career or a down part or repackaging part, or, you know, it, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't riding high, but I was now kind of headed back. I, I knew it. I was headed in the right direction. And I knew Vince thought that as well. Let's do a few questions. Then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, extra medium size Mang says on the August 24th episode of Monday night raw, there's a skit where X-Pac pissed in your shoes. So you came out during a match and stood at the commentary table shoeless while you swatted away drunk, drunk Hawk's hand every 20 seconds, Jeff. What in the world is this? The is this one of the? I mean, that is the attitude era in a sentence or a skit, is it not? So I don't remember the Hulk stuff, but I do remember the in, in the boots. I love the storyline because I remember them coming to me, going, "Hey, they got to shoot this pre-tape. We need your boots." And I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah." They told me about that. I'm like, "Yes, go." It's. I mean, it's. It's. It was so DX. It was perfect. I mean, it was Xbox. It it was like, yeah, let's do this. It worked. We'll do another one here. Umar or Umar wants to know you look so much better with short hair. What say you? Did you like the shorter hair or the longer hair? I without question was ready for a change. Like, like kind of this go around Conrad when I had the short hair for so long and we'll call it kind of the, uh, I don't know because I, but anyway, the, the, uh, well, the hall of fame, Jeff, uh, I mean, I think I've told that story, uh, a part of my, um, from the hell to the hall. I think I probably told it on that episode. I mean, before I went to treatment, I said, Karen, get over here. I want a haircut. She's like, what? I said, I mean, I want it buzzed. I mean, really close. Um, so I kind of had that short, short hair, um, for so long when I wanted to start growing back long this time, it's time for a change. As Owen would say, it's time for a change, but no, in 98 and SummerSlam lining up and getting to do a hair match in the garden, that was just like a a dream in a lot of ways. But prior to that, I knew I needed a change from the double J character as much as I possibly could. I was always still be Jeff Jarrett, but double J the country music guy needed to, 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 to shed all that and cutting the hair was, was a no brainer. 
Francis Reyes wants to know, why did you choose to wear sunglasses and did you enjoy wearing them? I've always kind of, I mean, double J had lighted up glasses. I've always kind of gone with some type of shade. Um, that just, I think it's part of a, a look. Yeah. Yeah. Just a look. Well, next week, we're going to take a look back at some of the crazy gimmicks in TNA and impact wrestling. We're going to look at the ultimate X, the King of the mountain and everything in between. That's what we're doing next week. In the meantime, though, if you'd like to target men for your business, if you're looking for dudes, 25 to 54, boy, we got them here. And it's so affordable to advertise. Check us out at advertisewithjarrett.com. Also love to have your social interaction. Pick Jeff's brain about what's going on in wrestling today on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at real Jeff Jarrett. You can also ask questions about the show, including some of those famous TNA gimmick matches. Just tweet us at my world pod on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And of course the easiest, cheapest, best way to support the show is to support us on YouTube. That's my world on youtube.com. Lots of fun swag here just in time for the holiday season too. You can find the now infamous last outlaw t-shirt over at boxofgimmicks.com. Something for everybody at boxofgimmicks.com. Jeff, we covered all the bases today. We talked about Thanksgiving. We talked about the NFL. We talked about college football. We talked about WWE. We talked about Wembley Stadium and AEW. And we talked about 1998. Next week, though, crazy gimmick matches. Anything you're looking forward to or not looking forward to discussing with me i'm going to give a little challenge to mr derrick our researcher because there is a lot i mean the ones that stuck the ultimate x elevation x i'm not saying that stuck but um king of the mountain uh but there's some like one-offs like a fish market match um th there were some some unique ones in there that are just going to be fun to discuss that again, that I just think as a, as an industry, we owe it to the fans. And, and, and I understand that it's not always received well. Um, but we're, I mean, we are, we're first and foremost entertainment. And, and when you look at, um, and we, we touched on the NFL, how the NFL continues to tweak their rules. And God, earlier today, Conrad, I mean, there was a, they don't let, they don't touch the quarterbacks nowadays, but you know, baseball has sped up the games continually in, in, in true sporting contest, the rules are continually evolved. It's safe to say that sitcoms and dramas and Hollywood blockbusters they're not even in the sphere there. Everything continues to evolve and produce differently. Why does wrestling have to stay the same? I won't even get into the four sided, six sided and that silly argument. Anyway, I just think innovation is a real pillar of, of what we do. And I'm talking about from matches to technology to how, how talent uh, interacts with people online. I mean, we could go on and on about this, but as it, as it, as it relates to matches, Sure, sometimes you're going to completely strike out, but you're never, ever going to find out what works if you don't give it a shot. And I'm not saying you just do gimmicks to do gimmicks. Don't misinterpret that. that that's not what I'm saying. But I do think you can challenge yourselves and and try a little something new here and there, and, and it's for the benefit of the fan. And for everyone that kind of works, 
So you have two, maybe three that strike out. But is it really the end of the day? No. Well, we're not going to strike you out. We're going to be back at the plate next week talking about those silly gimmick matches, the good, the bad, and the ugly of TNA coming up next week right here on My World. And in the meantime, be sure to check out our archives. That's myworldonyoutube.com. Jeff, I appreciate you rolling with the tide this weekend. Cross your fingers, say a prayer. We're going to need you there. Need all the support we can against those bulldogs this week, but uh, roll tide no matter what. And we'll see you next week right here on My World. Peace. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.